Amen. I know um, when we gather here on Sunday morning, a lot of people come here with issues and concerns on your hearts and minds. And one of the biggest concerns on my heart and mine this morning is Taylor Swift. <laughs> Will she make it back from Japan in time to go to the Super Bowl? That, I'm stressed. I don't know what you're worried about. Just kidding. It's interesting that when you live in a society, a country, or a culture, there are men and women who have gone on before us that have a massive titanic influence on our lives. Sometimes we know these people throughout the pages of history. Sometimes we've never heard of them. But one of the most influential Americans, probably the most prolific American philosopher that's ever existed, it's a guy by the name of William James. William James. William James uh, was a psychologist, a doctor, a philosopher. He was a professor at Harvard uh, back in the 19th and 20th century. Some of his students included uh, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, W.E.B. DuBose, George Santa Anna. I mean, the guy was prolific. And maybe, maybe you say, well, I'm not into philosophy. Philosophy is a bunch of mumbo jumbo with people with long hair and ponytails and beards and sandals. I just want something that works. If that's you and you're thinking that, you have been influenced by William James. William James is known as one of the fathers of the philosophical school called pragmatism. And most Americans, whether we know it or not, it's kind of default, tend to be very pragmatic, very utilitarian. Uh, it's summed up in Dr. Phil's iconic question. How's that working for you, right? That's a very pragmatic question. So pragmatism judges the truthfulness of an idea on the real life consequences of that idea, okay? So Americans, being influenced by James and others, are, we tend to be pragmatic people. Here's some practical quotes from the great William James. Here's some. If you don't get anything from today's message, you could take one of these quotes home, apply it tomorrow. How about that? Okay, here's the first one. Action may not always bring happiness, but there is no happiness without action. That's really good. So many times we get stuck in our head and we're worried and worried and worried and your head's spinning. One of the ways to deal with worry and anxiety is action. Here's another quote from William James. The art of being wise is knowing what to overlook. The art of being wise is knowing what to overlook. In other words, knowing the things in your life that are all, should be on the peripheral part, should be secondary, third level stuff, and focusing on what really matters. We need to overlook some things. I saw something uh, recently in the news this week uh, that Satan, the devil himself, has retired. Did you know that? He retired, he held a press conference, and they asked him, why are you retiring? And he simply said this, TikTok. Anyway, <laughs> he said, I'm done, it's done. We got TikTok now, I'm outie. So 
knowing what to overlook. Here's the last quote from William James that we're looking at today. And I wanna kind of focus on this, okay? It leads into our text this morning. And that is this, the greatest use of a life is to spend it on something that will outlast it. One of the keys to a good life, one of the keys to a successful life is to find meaning in life and to invest your life in something of lasting value. How do we invest our lives in something of lasting value? Well, let's see and hear what God's word has to say to us today about that subject. Open your Bible, if you have one, if you brought one with you, to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew is the very first book of the New Testament. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can cheat and look on your neighbors or it will be right there on the big screen. But we're in a series where Jesus Christ is communicating to us and to his people through parables. Parables are very practical, very pragmatic. They're taken from everyday life. And most of the parables of Jesus Christ always had a boom, a punch to them, a punch, a kick, okay? And so today's message, today's parable is no different. Matthew 25, here's what it says about investing. Verse 14, the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. To one he gave five talents, to another he gave two talents, to another he gave one talent according to their ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went out and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two talents gained two more talents. But the one who received one talent dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of these servants, the boss, came back and settled his accounts with them. Now, here's what happens in the rest of the story. Many of you have heard this story before. Some of you, this is fresh stuff. The boss comes back for an account and says, okay, the, the one I've given five talents, let's just say $5,000. What did you do? He goes, here, I've doubled it. Here's 10,000. And the boss said, way to go, well done. The one that got 2,000, doubled it, 4,000. Way to go, well done. The one who was given 1,000 said, hey, I was afraid. <laughs> I know you're a tough boss. I took the cash and dug it in a hole back in the yard, and all I have is 1,000. And he hands him these, you know, these dirty Benjamins with mud on them. And, and the boss goes, are you kidding me? At least you could have taken my money and put it in the bank and got a little bit of interest. He goes, but I'm gonna take your thousand now away from you and give it to the one who had 5,000 and doubled it to 10. Because if you are 
faithful and you are productive and you increase the investment, more is gonna be given to you. But if you don't increase, then I'm gonna take away what you already have. And I'm gonna send you out to a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the boom, that's the punch, that's the kick. So what is this parable all about? Again, Christ is teaching on many levels. Whenever you're sharing these parables, he's teaching on many levels. He's teaching on a political level. He's teaching on a philosophical level. He's teaching on a personal level. We're gonna look at the personal application of this. Basically, what he's saying is this, is that God invests in us and we're to increase that investment. God has a... ROI on you and me. He has a return on investment expectation. As he looks at your life, as he looks at my life, as he looks at the gifts he's given us, as he looks at the way he's blessed us, as he looks at our background, God says we are responsible to be good stewards and to increase that investment of our lives. Because we wanna hear from God those words that these wise investors heard, and that is, well done, you've invested wisely. You've invested wisely. And sometimes we have to go through life pragmatically, right, as William James would say, practically and experience the negative consequences of poor investing to realize, wait a minute, I've got to focus on what matters. I've got to take action on what matters. I've got to find out how I can invest my life in what matters, not just now, in the world I live, in the family I have, and the funds I have, but how do I invest for eternity? How do I do that? Now, there are many ways. There are many ways that we can, I think, give God a return on his investment. There are many ways we can do that. One of the ways we can do it is through giving. It's through giving. So flip back in your Bible, just a few pages to your left, and go to the last book in the Old Testament, Malachi. Malachi 3.10 is an incredible verse. It's one of the, it may be the most unique verse in the entire Bible because of what it contains in it. Look at Malachi 3.10. It talks about how we can invest in a financial way. Here's what it says. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The tithe is 10% of what we bring in, what we make. Storehouse, it was a temple there, it's the local church now, that there may be food in my house. Here's what's unique about this verse. God says, test me in this. Talk about pragmatic, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. 
Wow. God says in his word, one of the ways, one of the ways that we can invest our life in something of lasting value is through being faithful stewards of the funds, the money, and the things that we make. One of the ways we do that is through tithing, giving 10%. Now, some of you grew up in a church. Some of you grew up in a church, you grew up and, and you know what tithing is, you always tithe. Believe it or not, I grew up in the church, okay? I remember giving, I would, I would get a dollar allowance and I would bring a dime. That was my tithe, right? And put that in a little envelope and put 10 cents, right? So I've learned my entire life the value of tithing, the value of giving. Some of us, it's brand new. Some of us have never heard of the concept. Some of us are like, are you kidding me? But we've never tried it. And what I like about this passage in Malachi and this promise is the William James-like pragmatism. It's the only place in scripture where, where God says, test me. Or in other words, take action and see what happens. Just try it. I dare you to try it. And, and, and if you do that, God will bless you. Now, I have to give a parenthesis here about that. Because there's some elements within the church that will take a verse like this and another verse like this and will try to use it to proclaim some type of prosperity, what people call a prosperity gospel. So the danger in a prosperity gospel is this, is that there's some truth in it. There's some truth in it. So sometimes when we give and we tithe, God does give us a financial blessing, but not always. It's like healing. We pray that God would heal someone we know who has cancer, or someone we know who has an illness or something, and we pray that God would heal this person. Sometimes God does intervene and heal, but not always. So people who do teach a kind of a prosperity gospel, kind of this ultimate quid pro quo, is it's a guarantee, right? If you give, you're gonna get. If you claim, you're gonna be healed. And I think that's, that's, that's you gotta be careful, it's dangerous. So we in our church need to have, can't be too reactionary to say there's not some truth in it, but we've got to really call out when there is error. So I, I have a, a quote. I think it's one of the only original quotes I have. And I love quotes, as you know. I quote people all the time. Here's my only original quote. If it's not true in Haiti, it's probably not true in Houston. Y'all can think about that. So back to tithing, back to investing. So God calls us to be givers. Again, this is one of the ways. One of the ways we invest in things that last forever is through tithing, it's through giving. I have a friend of mine who about, wow, it's probably been 20 years, was brand new to church. Did not grow up in a religious home. And uh, he heard the gospel here and he was baptized right up there. So we saw those ladies earlier about 20 years ago. 
And every guy baptized, he's brand new. You know, when you're brand new to something, you're like, wow, man, this is great. And especially when you're brand new to Christianity, I don't know why this is, but when you're brand new, God just seems to answer your prayers like that. I mean, it's just, do you remember, do you remember that? Just, just boom, just boom, boom, boom. So my friend, he uh, had won a, a volleyball tournament and had won 50 bucks. That was a lot of money. And he was like, what should I do with these $50 that I want? So he did something that you should not do that none of us have ever done. I know I've never done this. He played what I call Bible roulette. He said, God, I don't know what to do with this $50. I'm just gonna open your Bible to some random passage, right? Just boom, and put my, my finger on it, and whatever it tells me to do, I'm gonna do. Now, what are the odds, okay? What are the odds? This guy opened the Bible randomly, closed his eyes, put his finger down, and it landed Lucky or not, on Malachi 3.10. Is that crazy? It's true, true story. The, the guy's a lawyer, this friend of mine. You can, you can trust him. So he, <laughs> he, uh, so he came to church the next day and took, took 10% out, $5, and put it in the plate. Okay, Fast forward this. He moves out of town, lives in another city now, but we keep in contact. And uh, he's about 50 now. And so he's like, and he's married, has little kids. He's like, hey, you know, he told me this story. He goes, hey, listen, whenever you talk about tithing and giving, remember me. Okay, remember me, tell my story, remember me. He goes, I've been tithing now for 20 years and it's been an incredible blessing to me and my family and it's just, it's really helped my faith. I've really grown in it and you know, he doesn't live in Beverly Hills or someplace like that. I mean, but he knows the practical consequences or the practical outcomes of following this passage in Malachi 3.10. So giving is a way we invest in something of lasting value. And the good thing about our giving is that our giving should be motivated by the gospel, okay? The gospel is the good news about what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. So we don't, I don't give money, I don't tithe financially, so God will accept me. Or look how good I am, look how righteous I am, I give money, I tithe, blah, 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 therefore, no, no, no. It's gospel driven. I give, we give, we tithe because we already are accepted, not to be accepted. We give, we tithe because, not to justify ourselves, but because you already are justified by Christ. So we've gotta be careful when we're, you know, seeking to follow God's word or even doing something like giving, which is sometimes hard to do, our motives and what's motivating that. So, so to put it in, in Texas lingo, um, it, it's gospel-driven given, okay? Gospel-driven given by grace. So now, here's the deal. 
If you're new to Second and you're not a member and you're a visitor, this part of the message that we're about to go into is for members only, okay? It's for members only. 